Okay, uh, thank you, Pastor Tom, for allowing me to preach today. Uh, two, both two guys, was it two people, said the word trust, <laughs> and uh, some of my sermon today is, the, is, the, is trust, <laughs> and we're going to talk about that uh, in just a minute. Uh, is, this, is this on? Yeah, it's on. I'm on. Okay. Thank you. Seven, eight. Okay, we got it. <laughs> How many of y'all have heard the frog joke from Pastor Tom? That's the only one I can remember. The frog joke. How many of you have heard it? Oh, good. Only just a few. You've heard it before? You don't want me to tell it? Okay, you've heard it many times. All right, let's say, I'll just kind of ad, ad lib my own personal. Uh, there was an 80 year old man, he was fishing. And he's fishing away, and, and, and he heard a voice pick me up. He looked around. There wasn't anybody there. He was out there by himself. And uh, so he started fishing some more, and he picked me up. He looked down, and there was a frog. So he reached down and got the frog and held him up, and the frog said, frog said, if you will kiss me, I'll turn into the most beautiful woman in the world. So what did he do? Put the frog in his pocket. And the frog says, hey, don't you understand? I was, I was giving you the most beautiful woman in the world. He said, at my age, I'd rather have a frog. It talks. <laughs> <laughs> see, now you can't tell it again for six months. <laughs> Let's see. I got, I got our pointer. Okay. Three men were walking on the wall. We're going to talk about faith today and, and trust. Feelings, faith, and fact. I don't know who wrote this, by the way. When feelings took an awful fall and faith was taken back. So close was faith to feelings, he stumbled and fell too. But fact remains and pulled faith back and faith brought feelings too. <laughs> I don't know who wrote that, but when I read that, I said, that's it. I've, I've, I've probably preached before and you guys know that I have a pastor father that died at 91 years old, and I have been in the church my whole life. And I see, where's Joel at? I see Joel with his three kids, and it, th it reminds me, I had, there were three of us, and we went to church all the time. Sick, well, it didn't matter, you're going to church. <laughs> so every time the church doors were open, Terry was there. So I was, uh, but as I get older, I find that I don't have the feeling that some people have. I almost get jealous. People have, a, they feel God's presence. They walk in a room and they feel something. You ever heard of that? Some people have that gift. That's a gift. God hasn't given that to me. But so I have, so this whole sermon is my opinion of faith. I do, I have, I've had people say to me that I have a gift of faith. And uh, whatever gift of faith is, I like it. 
But I would like to have, I'd like to have the gift of faith and feelings too. You know? Sometimes I feel like I'm doing something. I'm walking in the, in the dark. And I've been on 17 mission trips with Pastor Tom. I think you're on every one of them. And uh, I prayed for thousands to get healed who got healed. Didn't feel a thing on any of them. Nothing. Inwardly, outwardly, outwardly they were healed, but I didn't feel the presence of God. Isn't that something? I knew God was there. So by faith, I prayed for them and they got well. <laughs> Isn't that something? So how do you please the Lord? By faith. Let's see if I can make this, cl this clicker work here. Uh, it didn't work. Oh, there it is. The invisible God. Thank you. Orchestrates, this is the way I feel. <laughs> you may not agree with this, but orchestrates every minute of each day according to his unseen plan. And we also understand that his real heavenly realm is not visible to us. In addition, we cling to a book that speaks to us of spiritual realities and promises that are mostly unseen. I saw this, I don't know who wrote it. I, it's one of those things that I, I liked, and so I, I wrote it down. Let's see if I can get this thing to work again. Oh, yeah. It's nice to have nice things that work. <laughs> Kenny, where's Kenny? Kenny probably had to go back with the kids. He gave me this thing, and he's, he told me about it, and I, I bought it online. I've only used it once. <laughs> it didn't work out. <laughs> How important, then, is it for us to walk by faith and not by feelings? That's pretty much what I'm going to talk about first. Then we'll talk about trust after that. Uh, but we're going to talk about how important it is. Here's the, here's the word, I think. Okay. 2 Corinthians 5 through 7, it says, For we live by believing and not seeing. There's a lot there. Believe. I believe God is there. I know you could not, as my dad used to say, you, you, I wouldn't thank an angel in heaven for coming and telling me that I'm going to heaven, that I'm a Christian. Because I believe. The word says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful to forgive you of your sin. And he doesn't, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But Satan will say, oh, you got a bad, you got a bad past. You're going to have to give penance for all that. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, faith is what brings your recovery. So if you have faith, that's what saves you, not your good works. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. God will just, he'll make it go just like that. He'll make it clean. And he, do, he does it. This is one of my favorite verses, Habakkuk. Oh, yeah. Even though, this, listen to this now. Even though the fig tree has no blossoms and there's no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails, and the fields lie empty and barren, and even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. So don't think, oh, I'm, I'm going on a mission trip and I don't have any money. That, that happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> God has a lot of money. <laughs> But, you know, I've noticed that I, I, I was listening to Heidi Baker and Roland Baker one time, and, and Roland was talking about early on in their ministry, Heidi Baker is just a, a nationally known people. She feeds 10,000 people a day. She doesn't have any money, nothing, but she feeds 10,000 people per day. And they were, uh, 
they were on, over in Indonesia, because Indonesia was in revival at this time. Maybe it was 20 years ago. It's been a long time. And uh, they, t- they had about eight people with them, and they said, well, we don't have any money. We're going to have to go back today. And, and uh, I think Roland said, no, we're supposed to stay. I think God wants us to stay for another week. So they all got together, and, and six of them said, nope, we're not going. We're going to go back. to. We're not going to stay. We're going to go back. And uh, Roland says, no, I think God's gonna, God wants us to stay. But six of them decided to go back. Well, Roland went to a phone booth, and he sat down by the phone booth. In five minutes, it was five till 12, he was going to have to call and get his reservation confirmed for the airport, the airplane. At five minutes till 12, a black limousine pulls up. A guy in a white jacket walks out and says, Merry Christmas, hands him an envelope, and goes back in the car and drives off. Roland opened the envelope, and there was a $40,000 check. So he was really stoked. He felt good about this. So he went back to the six who were gone, and they were already in the airport. They flew away. So Heidi and Roland had $40,000 for one week stay in Indonesia. That's, that's the God I serve. Uh, I, I serve a God who, if you have faith, if, if things don't look like they're working, if, things, if, if, if you don't have a job, and I, get, I tell people all the time, I got a can of beets story. Is, has anybody ever heard that? Oh, tell it. I, I, was, I was just married for one year, and my son was, well, I've been married two years. My son was a year old. And uh, I looked in the cabinet one morning about 10 o'clock, and all I had was a can of beets. And I hate beets. <laughs> That's why I was left. That's why it's the only can left. So I'm sitting there, oh, God. What am I going to do? I don't have anything but beets, and I hate beets. I knew, I knew by noon I'd be hungry enough to eat them. Hate them or not. Well, about 11.30, a woman came in with two bags of groceries and set them on the counter. I said, what's that for? She said, don't worry about it. She gets in her car and drives away. Four or five more cars came up with bags of groceries in their hands, and they set them in our kitchen. Our kitchen was full of groceries. I did not, I don't think we have to worry about this. (laughs) It's my, and I have never wanted since that time, and that's been a long time ago. And my son's 40, 46 now. That was when he was one, so that's how long it's been. Let's see if I can. Okay, faith. Dear brothers and sisters, this is from James 1 2. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So how how many of you are happy when you lose your job? (laughs) Back in the back, I'll get one. (laughs) It's really difficult sometimes. I like um, uh, Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer was preaching one day, and and somebody says, well, I want to witness to people, but I'm afraid. She was a Christian. You know what Joyce said? Walk afraid. Witness to them even though you're afraid. That's 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 good advice. I don't feel like witnessing to that person. Well, walk toward that person and tell them about Jesus Christ. I'm talking to myself, too. <laughs> I'm not always uh, doing it right, but we, put, we did that one. Let's see. Okay. 
Okay, why do we experience suffering? And this has been one of the uh, questions the Christians have asked through the centuries. Why do we experience suffering? Does anybody have an answer to that? I'll let you answer. Okay, did Christ suffer? It must have hurt a little bit when he was nailed to the cross, right? Uh, plus, people didn't like him. He was God on earth. And, and, and people, people told him, this is true. Remember what Jesus said? He said, if you only knew who you were talking to today, the fact that you don't know who I am means that you're not there yet. And you're not true. So God... <laughs> But I don't understand all of this, but every time, every time the scripture says you will have this and this and this and it, but with suffering. Have you ever read those? And I say, why in the world? Uh, where's John at? John, uh, right there. Maples. Where's John Maples? We went to play golf yesterday and we were talking and, and John Maples is an awesome guy. <laughs> But if you knew his background, he, he has suffered in his life. And I really believe that the suffering makes us into, into something awesome. If you withstand it, you stand against it. Lord, I don't know why I'm suffering, but I know I love you and you're my, you're my God. <laughs> why do we suffer? It makes us, ha it makes us better. Uh, I had uh, Doug told me one time, he said, jail was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because I had plenty of time to, to read the Bible, right? <laughs> that, that doesn't sound like a good time for anybody. Why can't we grow without testing? How happy are we to be in this life? I, uh, I go to celebrate recoveries a couple of once or, once or twice a week. It's one I've been going to one, one a week, and I always quote the serenity prayer, and I'll show that to you. Whoops, back, back one. Let's see if I can get it right. Is that backwards? Forward. Forward. All right, I'm going to figure out these things. There it is. There All right, <laughs> not too fast. Okay, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. We just said this Friday night at the Methodist Church. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. And I'll click it. Is that right? Yeah, I did. Taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will. This is the one I like the most that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him in the next. Now, I was, I was one of those Christians that thought if you weren't happy, there's something wrong with your religion. <laughs> something wrong with the Jesus inside of you because if you have Jesus inside, you're supposed to be real happy. That's good. But you don't stay happy. You will suffer. I hate to tell you this, but that comes with the happiness. So when I read this, reasonably happy in this life, that, that made it, that, that rang with me. And I don't know if it rang, rings with you. You might be, you know, supremely happy all the time, but uh, I'm, I, I am not. I'm being honest with you. There are times when I have to walk by faith. 
I don't feel like being a Christian. I don't feel like a walk. I don't feel like going to visit like Terry does all the time. I don't feel like visiting in the hospital. What am I going to say? I don't feel good. So what? Walk, walk without feeling. Walk in faith that you are there as God's ambassador uh, in, that, in that church or in that hospital. Okay, now we're going to talk about trust. This was, this was mentioned a lot of times. I've got something on my uh, computer, my computer uh, screen uh, on there. It says, you know, when you've been up in five minutes, this screen comes on. What do you call that? The screensaver? It says, God loves you. God is good, and you can trust him. That's all it says. God loves you. God is good, and you can trust him. Now, a lot of times, we don't feel like trusting him. <laughs> That's honest. You're being, I'm being honest now. There are times that I, just, I have to have faith even though my trust, my trust level is weak. But I, I have to trust anyway because that's what the Bible says. Psalms 73, and this was written by Asaph. I thought it was David, but it's Asaph. Truly God is good to Israel. I'll read it right here. I got it here. To those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people and they're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. Have you ever felt that way? That guy next door is rich. He's got all the money he needs. He, he seemingly has happiness in his family. Him and his wife get along great. He's get along, his kids are doctors and lawyers and all that stuff. Uh, has anybody ever felt that way? I felt that way. <laughs> there are times when I have been jealous. The Lord has forgiven me of that jealousy. <laughs> but there are times, this is in Psalm 73, and it goes on to say, but I looked and they were gone. I looked and they were gone. I thought I had it on the slide, but I don't know. I, no, that's not the one. <laughs> okay. God doesn't always do what we think. <laughs> when God fixes our problems, they aren't fixed the way I think they should be. Has that ever happened to any of you guys? No. It's happened to me. <laughs> Many times, the things that uh, happen aren't what I prayed for. How could that be, Lord? That's not good. But here, here's where trust comes into play. You trust the one who can see the future. You don't trust your own self. You trust the one who can see the future. I want somebody on my team I love the, what Beth Moore said uh, Wednesday night. If you missed it, you missed a good program. She said, who wouldn't like Jesus? He's awesome. He fixes us when we're broken. All the things he said, I cannot remember every one of them, but who would not like Jesus? And that, so when we ever come up against somebody that doesn't know Jesus, who wouldn't like him? Only those who are deceived by Satan. Satan will tell you, oh, you're, you've done too much. You can't be saved. Has anybody ever been told that? A lot of people have been told that. That's a lie. 
That's not true. An example that I have personally is that children are out there and we ask God to fix them. And nothing's happening for years. I was listening to, I listened to Catholic radio, I must confess. I was listening to Catholic radio and the priest on there said, Catholic radio. <laughs> God does forgive me, he likes it. <laughs> they were talking about something that uh, I think is dear and near to all of us that have children. We have to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray for those children sometimes. But, they, but the Catholic priest, and I agree with him, he said, I do not care how long it takes. You pray for your son, and your son will be healed, and your son will be saved. That's it. That's a guarantee. It, it, but sometimes you pray and pray and pray and pray, and nothing happens. They seem to get worse and worse. But God, who sees the future... Trust him. I trust you, God. I'm praying for them. You're, you see them. You know where they're going. You can, listen, I, I've told you about my daughter. I, I know that God knows everything that she thinks. Every thought that comes to her mind, God knows. He knows where my daughter is. He knows what she's doing, what she's going through. He knows what my son's going through. He knows everything. So why do we worry? Don't worry about it. Just say, okay. God, I trust you. I don't understand what you're doing, but I do trust you, and I will pray for my son and my daughters every day until such time. And even when I do see God work on them, I'll pray for them still. Because we know, all of us Christians, we know how hard it can be in this life. The devil's always lying to us. You know, I was telling somebody, I don't know who I told this to, the devil doesn't get discouraged. He keeps coming back. You know, there's spring-loaded things that just come, keep coming back. That's the devil. He can be defeated for years, but he'll keep crying. He never gives up. But we have within us someone who can defeat the devil. <laughs> it's a promise. And just trust God that he has more power than the devil has. Don't say, well, I can't do it because she's there and he's there and they just don't, they're not around any Christians that speak to them or any other. So that's all, that's all what the devil's telling you. So if it's negative, it's a good way to know. If it's negative, it's coming from the devil. If it's positive, or it can be positive, it's coming from God. It's real simple. You want to know if it's from God or not? Well, it could be. We should always trust that God has our best interest at heart and that he will do the best for us. God loves us more than anybody on this earth. Your mother and your dad don't love you as much as God does. You can take that to the bank because that in, that's in the scriptures. It says that God loves us all. He knows how many hairs were on the head. <laughs> I've lost a lot, but he knows all that. But <laughs> If he's, if he's busy counting hairs on my head, he sure loves us. So when you have a, let me give you an example. If you have a prophecy that's negative, it probably didn't come from God. Because God's good. He loves you. He'll come out, he'll come and tell you how good you've been. He'll tell you how awesome you are. He'll say what your potential is. is great. You've got great potential. You can walk out right now and be an evangelist. 
You are, every one of you have your own sphere of influence, and you influence the people in that sphere, and you are the one, the light in the darkness for them. So if you think, oh, I can't, I can't witness to people because I am just, I just don't feel that. I'm not an evangelist. I've used that one too. <laughs> I'm not saying that uh, I've not done it wrong sometimes, but God will use every one of us. Just be ready. If, but, you know, I, I, I've talked to men and women who have been called. I had one guy, he came to this church a couple years ago. He was called to be a minister. That's what he told me. I'm called, to, I've got great calling in my life. I'm called to be a minister. Well, in his life, it tripped him up because he wasn't ministering to anybody. And Pastor Tom, to his credit, doesn't give the audience or the podium to anybody that wants it. There are some people that just aren't ready for it yet. And Beth Moore said something else this Wednesday. He said, grow where you're planted. She didn't say it that way. But if you're, if you're sitting there and, and you've got all this talent and, you want, and God has called you to preach and somebody wants you to stack chairs, stack chairs. <laughs> That's what's in front of you. That's what you need to do. Do what is required of you at that time and let God take care of your calling. Because guess who called you, God? So let God take care of it. He can do it. He can go, boop, and change your whole life. God, he, he said, let there be light, and there was light. Boy, what kind of power is that? That's a lot of power. Okay, read uh, wisdom. I think I got it. There you go. Whoops, that's not it. I'm doing it right. I haven't done that one yet, but there's there's one trust. Then this one. Have I been? I haven't been there yet. How do we know what God wants to do? Read the Bible. <laughs> James one through one five says, "If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will give it to you, and He will not rebuke you for asking." Now I've done that before and heard nothing. Does anybody hear? Lord, give me wisdom on this thing. I don't hear a thing. What's that mean? You've got to wait. You're not, God, you don't think God can get your attention? He can tell you things through a dream or a vision. Some of us get dreams and visions. I don't get dreams and visions. But, Lord, I'm asking you for them. Okay? And uh, ask him. And if you don't have an answer, I'll show you how to, how to get it. Pray and ask him. Sometimes he will give you an answer in a dream or a vision. Just trust him. Okay, how do we know what God is saying to us? Some say, walk toward the door. This is one of my favorite sayings here. Walk to the door and let God direct you. All right, for instance, door A and door B. And you got to do one of those. Or most realistically, if you want to buy a Honda or American car Chevrolet. You, walk in, you don't know which one God wants you to have. You say, God, I don't, I'm asking you to tell me what to, what to do. And you, you still don't have it. You don't have any electricity going through your body every time you walk toward that Toyota. <laughs> so you say, what do I do? Well, some people play Bible roulette, and I've done all these. You ever done like this? Boop. <laughs> That's worked in the past for some people. It's, been, it's changed John G. Lake. It changed his life. 
Just, just Bible roulette. Boom. <laughs> well, that might work for you. Ask someone else for advice. Find somebody that you trust. Pray about it. Trust God that what I want to do is what he wants. Amen. I like that one. Don't do anything until you hear further from him. <laughs> Some people soak. Amen. I tried to soak and I sloped. <laughs> I went to sleep. <laughs> Lord, I'm soaking right now for you. Boom. <laughs> I, I bet you there's others that have that same problem, Milton. <laughs> I'm not saying there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with soaking. I mean, that's awesome. If you can soak and hear from the Lord, go. But uh, I fall asleep. Some people know what God is saying by journaling. There's some here that just journal, not me. How do I know what God says? You just, you just know. I was, I was um, this, is one, this is the only time that I just knew what God was saying. Oh, maybe a couple of times. One time I was walking up the first step to my stairwell. God says, you're mad at me, aren't you? I was mad at God. <laughs> So I start laughing. I said, yeah, you didn't do this. I don't remember what it was. And uh, then he told me his son. Now, how, how did I know that? I didn't, I didn't hear a voice. I just knew it. So sometimes you just know it. <laughs> you, you know God is speaking to you. And uh, a lot of people um, can hear the voice of God better than others. There's some of you who are like me that you just do it and pray for it and do it. And whatever you're doing is what God wants. That's what I believe. Because sometimes I ask and ask and ask God, tell me what to do. And sometimes I just do it. And, and I say, not, not bless me, but I want what you want, Lord. Help me to walk to the right door. Amen. Door A or B. If you go to door A and you don't feel B is wrong, you probably went to the right door. <laughs> I think uh, God sometimes does that. that how do you know what God is saying to me? Continue uh, fasting and Christian books. Oh, that's the next one. There. Oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> Magic. Fasting. Uh, I had a neighbor of mine. I think she was 15 years old. What's fasting? So if somebody asked you, what's fasting? What would you say? It's not eating. Why? You want to get skinny? Is that the reason you're fasting? Why do we fast? Why can't I hear God without fasting? It kills the flesh. That's right. If you don't know what it's like, you know, the apostle Paul, he was Saul at the time. I, I picture him sitting on a stool in a room, blind. He's blind after the Damascus thing. He went three days without food or water. Has anybody here ever gone three days without water? You did? Oh, it's awful, isn't it? I mean, I, I had the prisoners of war of, of uh, Vietnam. I worked for two of them. And uh, one of them said, hey, you, I, you don't have to torture me. Just shut off my water. I'll tell you everything you want to know. <laughs> So it's really, 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 it kills the flesh. So going without water for three days is awesome. And it's hard. But what's that do? 
Eddie, tell me what fasting does for you. I think fat, Jesus fasted, what, for 40 days? Yeah. Moses fasted for 80 days without water or food for 80 days. You don't believe me? Read it in the Bible. It says he went without food and water for 80 days, 40 days up, 40 days back. He did it twice. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> you can say, well, God gave him food to eat. He did, but and it kept him alive. So we know, God, we know God can keep us alive when we don't think he can. <laughs> All right, I'll trust God again. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. So if you're in the dark, trust the Lord. Because that says this is true. This is something you get right out of the Bible and it's true. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Now, Jesus was God. So Jesus came down from heaven to be one of us, to live with us. And he picked 12 of his disciples, and he, and he lived with them. But Jesus was God. There wasn't uh, a doubt about it. Uh, he told the Pharisees, he says, if you only knew who God was, you'd know me. But yet you don't even know me. It proves that you're, you're not telling the truth. Or you don't know the truth. Okay, let's see if this works. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Romans 10.10, 10, it says, now this is interesting to me. Notice how God is both kind and severe. How many of you have ever heard of God being severe? He is severe toward those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. And the people of Israel turn from their unbelief. They will be grafted in again, for God has the power to graft them back into the tree. <laughs> Jen, Jen said, that sounds real negative. So she, she made me put that second verse in there. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying God is severe. I've seen... I mean, great, great preachers and great, great leaders of men have fallen. Look in the Bible at Solomon. Solomon, Solomon was awesome. Read, read, read that Bible where it says Solomon's first prayer in the temple when he dedicated the temple. It was awesome. Solomon was an awesome Christian man. He wasn't Christian. He was a godly man. He was an awesome, godly man, and he fell. And that's what it's saying it's, I don't care who you are, if you fall, you will be cut off. That's just, it says, but if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. So we've got we to keep trusting in God. Let me see if I can do this right. All right. Get good at this. <laughs> I did this so you would trust not in the human wisdom, but in the power of God. This uh, looks like, yeah, it was Paul talking about uh, his wisdom. As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or even, or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment at this point. That's in 1 Corinthians 2. So if you're looking for these scriptures, that pretty much tells you where they are. 
So Paul, as awesome as he was, I think of all the smart people in the world, Paul was one of the smartest. <laughs> he was a very smart guy. But he didn't even trust his own wisdom. He didn't even trust his own wisdom. So just say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I know you're the wisest of the wise. I look at the stars at night, and I see those beautiful stars. And then I see Hubble, Hubble went up there and, and, and turned the Hubble to the blank screen and couldn't see a star anywhere, and they turned the Hubble through that place, and that place was full of galaxies and stars. There's so many out there, they say billions. They, don't, they can't even count them all. We're seeing light from stars that emanated from that star millions and billions of years ago. We're seeing galaxies that don't exist anymore, maybe. We're seeing the light from them. If we headed toward one of the galaxies, we would never get there in our lifetime. If we could go the speed of light, we'd never get there. It, it's an awesome world. If you think God can't count the number of hairs on your head, look up. <laughs> There's more stars than there is hairs on your head. There's more galaxies than hairs on your head. It's really awesome. God is an awesome God, and we don't, we don't even touch him. We don't give him a credit for being powerful. We, can, we have the power of the universe at our control, and it's right here within our hands, and I want you all to use it. Use it. You don't feel like doing something, use it. Use that power. I don't feel like it, God, but I'm going to do it because you say do it. Don't do it because you don't want to do it. All right, this is a good one here. When you don't feel his presence, you don't know what to do. When the Bible doesn't seem to help at all, when your family is not trusting in God, when tragedy strikes, when you're totally confused, and when you're physically spent, trust God. What if you don't feel like it? Trust him anyway. If you get nothing from what I say, whatever you feel like, trust God. Whatever you feel like. If you feel, oh, I have done too much for God to forgive. If you feel that way, trust God. He is able. He's able, and he will. He'll help you. Trust him anyway. I want to wind this down a bit. How important... Is that the one? I skipped one. Oh, whoops. It's moving now by itself. Where's <laughs> Jacob? Jacob's like, we got, we got another, another techie back there. <laughs> okay, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by believing and not seeing. That verse will save your life. I sat there I think I was in Nepal two years ago, and nobody was standing in front of me. They didn't, they didn't know who I was. I didn't know who they were. So I just waved at a guy who was number three in somebody else's line, and I said, come over here. And he walked over in front of me, and I didn't have an interpreter. I went, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Point at it. That's all I did. I didn't have an interpreter. I just said, what's wrong? And they pointed to where it was. I said, God, whatever it is, I don't know what it is. Heal it. <laughs> and you know 26 people got healed that day? Without an interpreter, I didn't know who 
I didn't have anybody to tell me what they were saying. And the last one of the guys could understand English. And he grabbed this girl, I think she's about 16 years old, and just drug her in front of me. He was, she was the 26th one. So I went like this. What's wrong with you? And she went up here. I said, God, heal her headache. He did. She, she went away smiling. She said, can't believe it. <laughs> she was so surprised. <laughs> I, I think I was surprised too. John, I think it was John Wimber who said one time, how do we pray for healing? Like God did. Like Jesus did. What did he say when the guy was crippled? He said, walk. Take up your bed and walk. He didn't sit there for 15 minutes praying for that guy. He told him, and when his word went out, it did it. He didn't, you know, I, I know that there are certain times, and I'm not even, I'm not putting this, there are certain times people need a soaking prayer. But God is God, and he doesn't need you to heal them. <laughs> you can talk until you're blue in the face, and you cannot heal them. But God can heal them in an instant. And we need to have faith in that. I think I got two left. How important then is it to walk by faith and not by feelings? Let me see. Well, this is the last slide now. Not your feelings. Don't say, I feel that God wants me to blank. <laughs> that may be true. I'm not saying that God hasn't told you where to go. We've had people go, come here from all over the country saying, God has told me to go here. A lot of people, and it hasn't worked out. Why is that? God doesn't make mistakes. So something happened there in that, in that something that we don't understand happened. And uh, so God tells you something. Believe what the Bible says. This, if, you're, if you're in doubt about what to do next, if you're in doubt about whether or not to buy a house, whether or not to buy a car, whether or not to buy a boat, whatever you do. I bought a boat, by the way. Whatever you do. <laughs> God over there did. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think God uses us to, to do that. Believe what the Bible says. I didn't say, I didn't read the scripture in the Bible that says, thou shalt order a boat. It didn't say that. Did it say that to you? It doesn't say that to me. I've never read anything that tells you whether or not to buy a boat. I've never read anything that tells you what to put on. I wore the shirt because Dan got it for me. <laughs> and I like it. But sometimes God just looks at you and he says, are you going to trust in me? I see you and I love you, but are you going to trust in me? You don't feel anything. You don't know what's right, what's wrong. But are you going to trust in me? You don't know what to do next. And you pray and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. You say, God, just remember, God can get your attention. No matter how, if you're like me and you don't feel anything, God will get your attention. And he might do it in different ways. But God is capable of, of, of getting every one of you's attention. And it doesn't matter who you are. Trust God and, uh, and he will actually help you. Okay, Pastor Tommy. <laughs>